I don't like the heartaches. But do you realize if there was never a sickness, we would not know he was a healer. And if there was never a need, we wouldn't know he's our provider. And sometimes we have to experience things in our life for us to see who he really is. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want you to take your Bibles real quickly. I believe I have a word from the Lord this morning. And I want you to remain standing. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter number 3. And, uh, and we're going to read just a few verses and I'll let you sit down this morning. If you're here for the very first time, we are so glad that you're here. I, I, I hope and pray you have enjoyed yourself so far. And uh, I, I pray that the Lord will speak to you in this service. But if you're here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer cards, would you hold that up? We want to go ahead and collect them. I think we had some right here in the front and the back, the side. Uh, raise it up real high make sure we get all of them. All right, all the rest of you, hey, let's let them know we're glad they're here. Are we, are we glad they're here? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> let's look now in 1 Samuel chapter number 3 and verse number 1. We're going we're gonna to do some Bible study this morning. We're, gonna, we're, we're probably going to look at a few more verses than we normally do on a Sunday morning. Uh, but I like this. I like digging in God's Word and moving things around and, and, and rightly dividing the Word of truth. Amen, church? 1 Samuel chapter number 3 and verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. That means it was rare. There wasn't much of it. It's not that God does not want to speak. It's the sin of man that's keeping him from speaking. The wickedness of the spiritual leadership of that day and the wickedness of the people uh, had an effect on the word of God coming to man. It says there was no open vision. It came to pass at that time when Eli was late. Eli was the high priest. He was the spiritual authority and the, and the, uh, the, the leader of the religious realm. Uh, he was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and he said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now read verse 7 with me all together in concert. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me, and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. A little different now. A little different. Samuel, Samuel. Uh, then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant hear it. Father, help us today. God, you know, you know every individual person who came through the doors today. You know every need. You know every burden. You know every problem. You know every difficulty and trial. And Lord, I pray through this message. I don't have the ability to do it, but you do. And Father, I pray that you'll use every word I say to minister to every specific situation. I pray your will be done. Let the words from my mouth minister to the hearts of your people today. And God, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> to give you a, just a, kind of a, a brief uh, overview and history of chapter 1, 2, and 3 as we come up to this to explain where we are with this chapter, if you go back and read chapter number 1, you'll find a woman by the name of Hannah. Hannah was a barren woman. She was a godly woman, but she had no children. Uh, and she wanted children desperately. And she prayed and prayed and begged God that God would give her a child. And even said this, even went so far to say, God, if you will give me a child, I will give him back to you. I will lend him back to you. I will commit him and dedicate him back to you. I will give him back to you. And, and throughout the process, we find that, that God promises her a son, and, and she gives birth to a son by the name of Samuel. 
by the name of Samuel. And you know what? You, as you read the story, I, I encourage you to do that at home, but go, go home and read it. Uh, it says that when she weaned him, when she weaned him, she brought him to the temple uh, and she left him with the high priest. She literally gave him back to God. Now, I'm glad. Now, in today's society, we will dedicate a child. We'll dedicate a baby. We'll bring a baby up and pray over the baby and, 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 and say we're giving this child to God and, and there's a certificate, and you take the baby back home. Thank God. Say amen. I'm trying to get him off the feed bill. Amen. But she didn't. She left him there, and he literally, he literally grew up in the temple. And he, in this particular chapter, in chapter 3, he's about 12 years of age. And God is speaking to him. Now, here's some things that I want you to see. Here's some things that I want you to see. God describes some people in chapter number 2. These are Eli's sons. Eli was a high priest. He was a spiritual authority. He would be kind of like the, the pastor of the church there. And, uh, and, and he was the leader, but his sons were wicked. They were wicked. They were committing fornication and adultery with the women who would come and sit at the gates. And, and they, would, they would commit acts of violence. And they were committing extortion on the people there. And they were very, very wicked. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. In chapter, chapters number 2 and verse number 12, watch what, watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. In, in, in 1 Samuel 2, 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. And the word Belial, basically he's saying they were children of the devil. They were sons of the devil. Now, I've, I've seen a lot of people like that. Would you all agree right there? There are people that act like the devil. I mean, they look like they spawned from the devil. The way they behave and the way they respond and the way they act. And it says they were sons of the devil. And now watch what it says. And you got to get this. They knew not the Lord. Now, say that with me. They now, I've seen people, <coughs> I've seen people on this earth in my lifetime who, when I looked at them, I would say, that dude don't know Jesus. By the, his behavior, by his or her actions, by the way they're living their life, I mean, living like a yard dog, running around, sleeping with everything there is, smoking everything there was, doing everything, stealing, robbing, cheating, everything you can imagine. I mean, it would just make sense. If they were acting like that, you would say and you would think and you would assume that they knew not the Lord. Now you say, preacher, why yet? Are you judging? No, I'm just saying it. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I mean, you can't come in here and sing Amazing Grace on Sunday and everything else on Monday and act like an idiot on Tuesday. Are y'all with me? Because if you know Christ, something is going to be different. God will change your life from the inside out. So we can look at some situations and say, you know what? That dude don't know the Lord. It's obvious. It makes sense to say he doesn't know the Lord. Now, if you're acting like a son of the devil, would y'all agree with me that it would make sense that you would say he knows not the Lord? Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. Keep that in mind. The Bible says in verse 11 of chapter 2, and the child, talking about Samuel, ministered unto the Lord. Chapter 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. Verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on, was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. In other words, he had a good reputation. He had a good moral behavior. Are y'all with me so far? Now watch this. Verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. I mean, this guy's got it going on. He's faithful. He's serving. He's working for God. He's even got a good reputation with everybody. Everybody else thinks he's a good guy. But watch verse 7. Chapter 3, verse 7. Chapter 3, verse 7. Now, Samuel... Did not yet, say it with me. Whoa. Wait a minute. Now that's the same description he gave of the devil boys. Now wait a minute. Wasn't that the same thing he said about the ones that was laying up with the women and, 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 and extorting people and, and committing acts of violence? Are y'all with me this morning? What's that mean? 
I believe it means this. You can be in a crack house and not know the Lord. But you can be sitting in a church house and not know the Lord. I knew, I knew, I knew every book of the Bible. I grew up a pastor's kid. Y'all know that. I mean, y'all, y'all heard me say this enough. I grew up a preacher's kid and a pastor's kid in a very ultra-conservative church. I mean, it was against everything. I mean, every preacher that came was hell, fire, and brimstone. Y'all know what I mean when I say hell, fire, and brimstone preacher? Wind sucking, hacking, going after, sounds like a Husqvarna chainsaw, say man. Hey, man, hey, 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 you know, you only, you only understood every third word, say man. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I mean, you put chocolate syrup in your milk and you're going to hell. Amen. I mean, it's, they preached against everything. It didn't matter. Uh, boys couldn't wear shorts and, 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 and we, I ain't even going to go into everything. I mean, it was, and I'm telling you what, every evangelist that come into church, he'd preach on hell and scare it out of me and I'd find that altar and I would confess and I would repent of sins I never committed. Say amen. It didn't matter to me. I'd say anything you want me to say. I knew the Romans road and the sinner's prayer better than the one trying to lead me to cry. I was baptized so many times I knew every tadpole in the pond. But you know what? I was lost. You see, I, I lined up, I lined up with Samuel. You know, I know most preachers' kids, you know, they're the worst ones. But I was the exception to the rule. My brother, he wrote the rule, amen, uh, I'm sorry. But I lined up with Samuel. If you saw me, you'd say, that's a little Samuel. I had me a three-piece suit on every Sunday. I mean, you know, y'all know the polyester? Y'all know the ones with the big collars? Come on now. John Travolta didn't have nothing on me. Big old Bible I'd carry around, buddy. I'm telling you, I had my cowboy boots on. Everybody said that's, and everybody called me the little preacher. Am I, hey, Uncle Chuck, where you at? You back, am I telling God's honest truth? You could ask me probably anything about the Bible you want to know, and I could almost probably answer you. Then, then, I wasn't even a teenager yet. Went to a Christian school that was that just really regimented. Man, you had to memorize the the Bible, the whole Bible. I mean, I, I thought my brain was going to explode. I knew it all. But you see, there was only one problem. I hadn't, hadn't heard him speak to me yet. Now, there's three different situations and three different incidents I want to share with you this morning about the voice of God. You see, the Bible says that Samuel, he was working for God. He, he had a familiarity with the things of God, but he did not know God. Are y'all with me? Now, you got to pay close attention. This is one of them, it's like this, it's the movie you don't go get popcorn for. You got to stay with me, all right? Now, pay close attention to this. We find a, a situation in the Bible with a man by the name of Moses. How many of y'all remember Moses? All right? Moses went and he was in the wilderness. He was familiar with the things of God. He chose the, 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 the people of God over the, the riches of Egypt. He gets run out of Egypt because he kills an Egyptian trying to do a good thing. And now he's in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness, and he is watching sheep, and he turns over in the middle of the desert, and there is a bush on fire. Now, that's not an unusual thing because in the, in the desert, the heat gets real crazy, and it's not unusual for, for bushes to catch on fire. But it is an unusual thing for that bush never to burn up. I mean, this bush just kept burning, just kept burning, just kept burning, just kept burning, but it was never consumed. I just wonder, how long did Moses watch that thing? And he's sitting there, and he's saying, you know, there's something different about that thing. He says, I will turn and see what is going on over here. And he comes over here, he comes over here, and, 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 and you remember the last time that God called Samuel, he said, Samuel, Samuel. When he approaches the bush, he hears the voice of God saying, Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses, he said, take your shoes off because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. And, and listen, he said, I want you to know something. I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I want you to know who I am. Let me introduce myself. Then we find another situation. We find a man by the name of Paul whose former name was Saul. 
Saul was on the road to Damascus. He was a very religious man. He was very familiar with the things of God and, and some of the characteristics of God. But listen, on that day, Jesus knocked him off his high horse, and he looks up. He is blinded by the light, and this is his question. Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Are y'all with me? Saul, Saul. Moses, Moses. Samuel, Samuel. Are y'all with me? They heard the voice of God. And please, you got to follow me. you got to stay with me because this, this may mean life or death for you today. The voice of God calling out to you. Do you realize there are so many Christians that are satisfied with secondhand information? What does that mean? It means they don't mind letting the preacher hear from God and tell them what he says or the teacher hear from God and tell them what he says. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was brought out of bondage, out of Egypt, and Moses brings them to Mount Sinai, and God has an encounter with them. God wants them to know who he is. They were experienced. Listen, they were experienced with the plagues. They were experienced with his power. They were experienced what they heard Moses say that he said. But God was interested in them having an encounter with him. And it's one thing to be experienced with God, but have you ever had an encounter with God? And the, and the mountain is, listen, lightning is flashing, thunder is crashing, and they are afraid, and they back away. This is it in the book of Exodus. They back away, and this is what they say, and this is what modern-day Christianity is doing. This is what they say. You go talk with him, and you just tell us what he says. You go have an intimate relationship with him. You get close to him. You hear from him, and you just come tell us what he says, We're, lest we die. And the Bible says Moses turned and went into the presence, into the, 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 the thick darkness where God was. And you know what's happening every Sunday? We have people coming in, and they'll come to the church to hear what God told the preacher. We'll come and hear what God told the teacher. And then we'll go spend our life, every day of our life, waiting for the next Sunday so we can hear what God told the preacher to tell us. Well, guess what? There's a God in heaven who wants to wake you up in the morning. There's a God in heaven who wants to speak personally to you. There's a God in heaven who wants you to hear his voice. He's calling your name today. God doesn't want you to have secondhand information. Not, not that that's not good. Thank God for preachers. I want to get all I can and can all I get. I love good preaching. I love learning stuff from other people and from teachers. But I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you. Do you know him? You see, I found out, I found out as a young man that I could not know him till I heard him. Now listen close. Samuel, Moses, and Paul. They were not acquainted with him personally till they, till he called their, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And my sheep know my voice. He says, I call my sheep by. Let me ask you a question. Are you sitting in this building today acquainted with God or have you heard from him? You see, I was growing up, I was growing up a pretty good kid. I was growing up very familiar with God. I was growing up very familiar with the scriptures. I was growing up very acquainted with him. But one day, he said, Malcolm, Malcolm. And I heard him call my name. I heard him call me and challenge me and deal with me and show me that I was a sinner. I was lost without God. Now listen to me when I say this. You will never know him till you hear him. You don't get into heaven by getting to church. You don't get into heaven by getting better. You don't get into heaven by turning over a new leaf. You don't get into heaven by learning all the gospel songs. You can know every hymn in the, in the red book. You can know every verse in the Bible. You can know it all. But until you hear him, call your name. And unless he deals with you on a personal, individual basis under the conviction of the Holy Ghost, you won't know him. 
Are y'all with me? Say amen. This is tight. Samuel didn't know him. Paul didn't know him. Moses didn't know him. They knew of him, but they didn't know him. Now here's the question. Here's the points right here. Number one, I want you to see the desire of God's call. Say that with me. We see the Why would, why, would, why would God in heaven, why would the, 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 the supreme creator, the supreme power, the supreme being of the universe, God the Father, why would God want to talk to us? Why would God want to talk to us? What is his plan? What, what, is, what is his deal? What, what, why did he speak to Moses? Why did he call out to Paul? Why did he call out to Samuel? I believe for this reason. He had a desire, A, if you're taking notes, don't you write this down. He had a desire to reveal himself to man. It was revelation. Say that with me. It was. Do you realize God wants you to know who he is? You see, the part of a relationship that you need to understand, when some two people meet, neither one of them know each other. So they got to know each other. But the thing about God is he already knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought in your mind. He knows every fear that you have. He knows every part about you. He knows every fiber of your being. There is nothing about you that he doesn't know. And he still loves the same man. He knows you, but he will call your name. He will speak to you because he desires for you to know him. He wants you to know that he is your best friend. He wants you to know that he is the savior of the world. He wants you to know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He wants you to know that he'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He wants you to know that when you go down into that valley, you don't have to fear because he's with you every step of the way. He wants you to know that he will fill your cup to the point of running over. He will meet every need that you have. Do you know him? Do you know him? God will speak to you because he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants to reveal himself to you. Watch what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. What does that mean? He wants you to see how powerful he is. God may allow you to face a very difficult time in your life just so you can see how powerful he really is. A time in your life that you will never see him like you see him in the situation. You see, he speaks because he has a desire to reveal himself to you. Why does he want to reveal himself to you? Why does he want you to know him? B, because of a relationship. God desires to have a relationship with you. You remember when you had that, that person that you didn't know in school, but you're sweet on them? And you just kind of conveniently put yourself in a way they'd have to cross your path to say amen. You just happened to be in the lunchroom when they was. You just happened. You would put yourself in a way... So somehow or another, you can get their attention because you want them to. Come on, people. You realize God in heaven wants you to know him because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. I remember, I remember when, when, uh, my best friend in, 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 in Bible college, my best friend and Tammy's best friend was boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and you know, when, when a boyfriend and girlfriend have best friends, they're always trying to play Cupid and mix and put them together. Are y'all with me? Now, usually that stuff don't work, so don't even try it. Are y'all with me? But for some reason, it worked on this one, all right? And, 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 and man, my, my buddy, he was telling me everything about Tammy, and he, and he really had to make a good sale because every time I saw Tammy in church, she looked mean. <laughs> and it wasn't that she was mean, and well, maybe she is a little mean, but it, it wasn't all mean, but she just always has her game face on. 
and my daughters are the same way. My daughters are not snobby or mean. They just have her, her mama's face and her grandmama's face. Her, Tammy's mama's got a game face all the time. They always own the game face. And I'm like, he said, he said, Tammy likes you. I said, uh-uh. I said, she mean. Hey, <laughs> man, I, I don't, I don't. Well, he was telling me all about her. I mean, he was, everything he knew, everything he could, because he, he had went to school with her in high school and, 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 and everything you could. And so I was somewhat acquainted with her. But I didn't know her till I met her. And then she was just enthralled with me. Say amen. I asked her, I said, you believe in love at first sight or do I need to walk by one more time? Amen. No, it didn't happen that way at all. Are you acquainted with the Lord? Does the only information you have about God is what you learned in Sunday school? I mean, honestly, is the information, are you acquainted with him or has he called your name? Now think about this. Think about this. The Bible says they did not yet know the Lord. Are you all with me? Stay with me now. We're going to do a little study right here. Do you realize that's the same word? And that's why I like the King James. That's why I use the King James. Because it uses the word Adam knew his wife and she had a son. And it's talking about a physical intimate relationship. The closest intimate relationship there is, he uses the word know or knew. Now why? Why? Because he wants you to understand God does not want a second-hand relationship with you. God does not want an acquaintance with you. God doesn't want you just to be familiar with him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to love him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. And to, that's why you got to get this. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about knowing him personally. He wants to wake you up every morning and say good morning. He wants to put you to bed at night. He wants to walk with you and talk with you every day of your life. You have a friend in Jesus. But you'll never know him till you hear him. Has he called your name? I, I don't want you to be religious. I don't want you to brag about the rules that you follow. I don't want you to say, yeah, I go to temple. I want you to say, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I know him, and I love him, and we are friends. Are you all with me? Now listen, God will call your name. He will call you and speak to you because he has a desire for you to know him. Not only his desire, but I want you to see this, his design in the call. His design in the call. Well, he, everybody, he's got a purpose. You see, a lot of us will talk for no reason. Some people talk because they like to hear their voice, I guess. I don't know. But God never does that. Every word he says has purpose. Everyone. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. In all three situations, in all three situations, Samuel, Moses, and Paul, watch this. His design is this. He wants to reveal his agenda to you. He want, in other words, he wants you to know his purpose for mankind. He, and some of y'all don't understand this, God's always up to something. We think, we look back and we read the Old Testament stories and think, yeah, God was doing something back then. God's doing something right now. He's up to something. Now watch this over here. Now let me illustrate it this way so you get what I'm saying. Moses is over here at the burning bush. Moses is over here at the burning bush. And it ain't just because God wanted to have a conversation. Are y'all with me? He tells Moses, he said, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. My people are in Egypt. They're crying out to me, and I'm going to deliver him. What's he doing? He's showing his agenda. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose for, for his people. I'm going to deliver them. Now watch this. Two reasons here that you see God calls out to you. He not only wants to reveal his purpose, but he wants to reveal or, or, or his agenda, he wants to reveal your assignment. Your assignment. You see, he has an agenda, but in that agenda, you have an assignment. He said, Moses, my agenda is this. I want to deliver my people out of Egypt. And Moses, your assignment is you're to go lead them. You're to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, and you're to lead them. They're to follow you right here to Mount Sinai. Bring them to me. Now, what's the point? He goes and tells Paul. 
He said, Paul, I've got an agenda. I've got a purpose. I need to see the Gentile world to hear the gospel. And your assignment, it is your assignment to take the gospel to the Gentile world. Are y'all with me? Samuel, I've got an agenda. I've got an agenda. I need to bring the people back to God. The, the religious leaders of the day, Eli and his sons, were wicked as hell itself, and they've led the people away from God. I want to bring them back to me, and you're going to be my prophet. That's your assignment. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. God has an agenda today. God wants to get the gospel to every creature. God wants to win this world. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God had it as a desire for this world to know him. And it is our assignment to get the job done. We all have an assignment. Now watch this. Watch this. And please don't miss this. You will never know him till you hear him. You will never be fully satisfied and fulfilled in your life till you are occupying your assignment. Can y'all tell I dig what I do? Did I enjoy this? I'm very fulfilled in what God allows me to do. You know why? It's my assignment. It's what God called me to do. Now watch this. Let me show you a verse. And I'm almost done. Stay with me. Stay with me. Watch this. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts. The word thoughts there means plans or intentions. The thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What's he saying? I've got a plan for your life. I've got a purpose for your life. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. His His. Now watch, Ephesians 2.10, now get this, watch this. For we, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Do you realize when I, before I was born, I was a preacher? The prophets in the Old Testament said it this way, before I was in the womb, he knew me. Before he was formed, in, the, in other words, God gave me everything I needed to be when he made me with for my agenda. Now, I had to hone my skills. I had to learn some things. There were some things I had to be better at what God, but God made me what I am to do what I do. Everybody has an assignment. I don't know why. You can buy a house. You can buy a car. You can buy a bass boat. You can buy new golf clubs every year. You can go shopping all you want to shop. You can do everything you want to do. But until you fulfill your assignment, you'll never be satisfied in life. You'll never be fulfilled. Because God wants to speak to you so you can know him. But God wants you to know what he wants you to do for him. Now listen, lastly, lastly, number three. We see the desire in his call. We see the design in his call. He's got a job for you. He's got a calling for you. But then I want you to see, lastly, the dilemma in his call. Are you trying to tell me God wants to talk to all of us? Yes. Is God talking to all of us? No. Well, what's the problem? Well, if you'll go back in chapter number two. Now, stay with me now. Stay with me. There's catfish and flounder and banana pudding. Say amen right there. It will be ours in just a moment. But hear me out. Okay? Because this may be the most important part of the whole service right here. Why is God not speaking to you? Why are you satisfied to come to church and let God speak to me and then you get secondhand information? Don't you want God to speak to you? I tell you what, there is nothing that cranks my tractor any more than when I'm reading my Bible and God says something and I know it was just for me. And I know the God of all glory just said something to me. And God wants to talk to you, but you've got to understand something. There is a dilemma. In chapter number two, you'll find that the leader of the day, the spiritual leader of the day, the spiritual authority of the day, Eli, God sent another man of God to come tell him what he wanted to tell him. What are you saying? He didn't tell him himself. Why did God not tell Eli himself? Because of sin. 
in Samuel chapter 3, you'll find that God bypassed Eli and spoke to Samuel. Isn't it amazing that the man of God that was there, the authority, the, the spiritual leader of that day, could not hear the voice of God? Some scholars say they believe the voice came from the inner sanctuary, that the voice came uh, uh, from uh, the Holy of Holies, which Eli would have been closer to. And he was in such a spiritual state and such a sinful state that he couldn't hear the voice of God. And do you realize that the voice of God is hindered by sin? Say that with me. It's hindered by sin. Say it with me. It's hindered by sin. The Bible says God is light. 1 John chapter 1, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we walk with him and fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. We lie. You can't walk with him and walk in darkness. You can't walk with him and walk in the shade. In other words, you can't, you can't be shacking up and living together out of matrimony and, 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 and committing fornication or adultery and ask God to bless your relationship. You can't be stealing from your company and then ask God to bless your finances. You can't run around and be gossiping in a busybody and run into your mouth about everybody else's problems or business and then ask God to bless your life. It does not work. Are y'all with me? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be any of this. But you need to understand this because you need to clear the way. I want to clear out any obstacle. I want to clear out any problem. But it would keep God from talking to me. And this is not the end of the world. I promise you, this is not that bad. If it is sin, you can deal with it. Because in that same chapter, it says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sorry. I'm sorry it doesn't cut it. Confession means to come into agreement with. And God is saying, if you will come into agreement with me about your sin, and you say, what does he feel about? How does he feel about your sin? Look at what he did to his son on the, on the cross of Calvary, and that will let you know how he feels about sin. And I guarantee you this, if you start feeling about your sin like God feels about your sin, you won't want to do it no more. Are you all with me? Make it right. I've had people come to me and say, i got this going on in my life. I said, wonderful, great, let's fix it. Let's make it right. Don't, don't go another day in that sin. Don't go another moment. Don't go another hour when you know there's something keeping you from the presence of God. Let me tell you, let me tell you what the problem is. In about, in about 20 minutes or 15 minutes, possibly 10, I'm going to be elbow deep in some banana pudding. And you know what? There's people that won't eat it because they've never tried it. And they have no idea the honor and the privilege and the blessing from glory that they're missing by not eating banana pudding. And you may tell you why people don't care whether God talks to them, because they've never experienced the presence of God. And if you ever experience the presence of God, you won't be satisfied with nothing else. Now, let me say this. I'm going to say this, and I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm, I don't want to be arrogant. God knows I, I can't stand arrogant people. It's not about that. But there are people that visit here and never leave because they've been going to church a long time in an empty, hollow shell where it's nothing but formalism and religion, and the presence of God is nowhere around it. And when they leave that and come to a place where they feel the presence of the Holy Ghost, they, you can't get over it. You can never go back. You can never go back once you experience the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that Temple's the only place that's got the presence of the Lord in Coleman. I know there's other places that God touches, but they're, they're rare. And there's a whole lot more that's dry as cracker dust. Say amen. And if you ever experience the move of God in your life, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go back to the other. Do you want God to talk to you? I'm not saying the preacher, and I'm not saying the teacher. I'm talking about God himself. Do you want God to speak to you? It might be you need to clean up your act because sin will hinder the voice of God. Not only that, last of all, the voice of God is hindered by sin. But then B, the voice of God is heard by submission. Submission. Samuel? He runs to Eli. Go back to bed. I didn't call you. 
Samuel. He goes to Eli. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time. Samuel goes back to Eli. Now, Eli gets it now. It's a shame that Eli was so far away from God he didn't get it the first time. He said, hey, it's the Lord talking to you, and this is what you need to say. Now, watch this. This is very key. This is what you need to say. When he talks to you, you say, I'm your servant. Speak. I'm your. In other words, you're submitting to his authority. You're saying, I'm your servant. I'm in submission to you. I'm surrendering. Are you all with me right there? Now watch this. He comes back. This is how God addresses him now. Samuel, Samuel. Do you realize that God won't speak to people who's not ready to speak with him? Now, he's trying to get his attention, but he says Samuel, Samuel twice when he knows he's ready. How did he address Moses? Moses, Moses. How did he address Paul? Saul, Saul. Do you realize that some of you, 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 you're not running around drinking, carrying on, and, 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 and laying up with a bunch of people and all that kind of stuff. You're not, you, you know, you dress right, talk right, spit white. You do all the things you need. You don't run around and you don't drink, you don't dip, you don't smoke, you don't chew, you don't run around with those who do, but you're still not right with God. Well, what is it then? I'm, I'm doing everything. It, could it be your unsubmissive heart? You see, God will speak to you when you are fully surrendered to his will. I'm going to give you a little story, and I'm going to pray right here. Just close your notes up. Close your notes up. Ain't nothing else left to be said that's going to be written down. I want to tell you just a a, a short story about my life, and we're going to pray. And I need everybody's attention. Please, everybody wake up. Elbow your neighbor. Look at me. Make sure everybody's awake. Help me now. By the way, the coffee's free. If you need coffee, get get it while it's free. Amen. It's always free. Here's the deal. Watch this. When I was about 11 years old, I don't know, 10, 10, 11 years old, uh, I was in church service. I was in a church service, and I was right in the middle. I was right in the middle, and uh, about three quarters of the way back, and uh, and and there was a missionary that was that was preaching, and uh, and I grew up. Now you got to understand, I grew up. Anybody grow up in church? You mind? You've been in church most of your life. Raise your hand real high so I can see that. Now, did any missionaries ever come and show videos or slides? Or back then, it was those. Uh, uh, help me now. You know the, the 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 picture, and they hit the button. I mean, this is back in the day. Are y'all with me? What was it? Right, exactly. That's what I said. Slide projector. You know, and and the missionary hit the button, and it go, and 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 man, I done seen all the pictures of the of the crazy natives and all this, and I done heard, man, missionaries, you got to eat roaches and snakes and and stuff like that, and and man, I tell you what, there was if there was anything I did not want to be, it was a missionary. And 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 this guy, this missionary was up there, and he was preaching, and all of a sudden he stopped and he did like this, and I know when he went in that motion, something's fixing to happen. Are y'all with me? He goes, and he throws his hand out like that right there, and, and this is what happened. His finger shot out 42 feet right to the end of my nose, and it was just flapping like that right there. And he said, I want that boy to be a missionary. And I'm like, oh, what? Say what? I mean, I wanted to crawl under the pew. I said, man, you need to point that thing somewhere else, amen? A mission. I don't want to be no missionary, man. I don't want to go to Zimbabwe or, or I, I, I ain't no roach. And I'm telling you, gosh, I'm not embellishing this a bit. In my heart, I got scared. There was this gnawing feeling. All of a sudden, I said, man, he has cursed me. I got to be a missionary now. I was scared to death. A few years later, God began to deal with me about preaching. And I knew. If I surrendered to preach, that was one step closer to eating a roach. Say amen. Because you can't be a missionary without being a preacher. And if I and now he wants me to be a preacher, that's just one step to that. Amen. Gosh, I don't want to do that, Lord. And then finally, I'm, I was tired of running. I was tired of fighting. How many of y'all know what it, it feels like to fight the Lord? I said, all right, God, I'll be a I'll be a preacher, but just here, just here, I don't want to go to, Lord, if you want me to preach, I'll preach. And I still had that gnawing feeling that I wasn't right. I was reading my Bible. I was preaching sermons. I was going to church. I was preaching revivals. But there was something there that was saying, you're not right. 
I never felt satisfied. I never felt like I was in the perfect will of God. Went through Bible college. After Bible college, I left, and I went down to my dad's church to be his assistant because I figured if I heard up and did that, God wouldn't make me go to Africa. Amen? It was a disaster. It was a disaster because I wasn't in the will of God. I was running from what I thought God wanted me to do. I went back to school. There was a little church there that needed a preacher, so I went and preached about three years and just wide open. God blessed, God saved people, but the whole time there was that gnawing feeling that I wasn't right. And after that, I said, God, okay, I can't take this no more. Because see, the call to service feels like the call to be saved. It's conviction, and it hurts. And I resigned the church, and I'd made up my mind. I said, all right, Lord, whatever. I don't care. And I started making plans ahead of God. I, we, we made plans to go to Costa Rica to language school and, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And, and God said, no, no. I just wanted you to be willing. He said, how about Coleman, Alabama? I thought, Lord, I'm a Gator fan. What are you doing to me? Stand up, Jeff. That gentleman right there called my number. But guess what? He never got my number. Till I got the place in my life with God. Then I said, okay. I don't care. If you want me to eat a roach, I'll eat a roach. If you want me to go wherever, I'm tired of running. I wish I could say I was this spiritual person that just said, Father, I'll go, send me wherever thou art. And whatever. <laughs> okay, Lord, whatever, I'll go, you know. I, I'm just telling you the truth, man. I'm not trying, I'm just telling you the truth. But God never revealed to me my destiny till I was open and submissive and I got to the place that I said, Lord, wherever. Some of y'all are not hearing from God because you are not submissive to what he's going to tell you. But when you get to that place that you're ready to hear, you won't hear Samuel. You'll hear Samuel, Samuel. Are you ready this morning? Is there a sin in your life that you need to confess and get out? Or is there, is there an unsurrendered spirit that you need to say, God, I don't care. If you want me to preach, I'll preach. If you want me to teach, I'll teach. If you want me to sing, I'll sing. God, if you want me to go to Zimbabwe, I'll go to Zimbabwe. Because I'm telling you, if you ever hear him, you'll never be the same. Because there's nothing in this world like hearing the voice of God. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want to be Christ followers. We want to have an intimate relationship with you. We want to have a close relationship with you. God, not acquaintances. We don't, we don't want to be passing acquaintance. We want to be a friend. And I know you want to be a friend to us. There's some people here today, they're religious, but they're not redeemed. There's some people here today that they're familiar with you, but they've never been saved. God, I want them to come right now as every head's bowed. Nobody's looking. Please be as, be as respectful as this time as you can. No moving around. If God is speaking your name right now, and you know he is. You know he is. You hear it. You feel it. If God is speaking to you about salvation, if you're a gentleman, and we've got gentlemen at this altar, I want you to come right now as every head's bowed and every eye closed. Come on right now. We've got ladies in the house that need to come and say, I want to surrender my life. I want to be saved. I want to know him. I don't want to know of him. I want to know him. I was like Samuel. I've been coming to church for a little while, but today God is calling my name. God is calling my name. I want you to step out of your pew. God, I want to pray for them. I want those that come. Lord, maybe, maybe they've got something in their life they need to get out. Maybe there's something in their life they need to confess. I pray that they'd come and find this altar. 
and surrender today. Come and find this altar and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm repenting. I'm giving this to you. I'm letting this go, Lord. I want this out of my life because I want to hear from you. God, I want to hear the voice of God. Maybe there's somebody who needs to surrender something in their life. Maybe you're speaking to them. God, let them come today and make it right. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Let's sing. If God's speaking, come on. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and help us sing. This is the invitation. If you need to come, come on. If God is speaking to your heart, maybe this is where God wants you to join up. Come on. Maybe you need to get saved. Come on. We've got a Bible. We'll help you. We'll help you today. Just come. Just come. Lord, I pray that you'll meet this need. Lord, whatever. Amen. Amen. Is God speaking to your heart? Is your heart clear? Can you sing this song honestly? Have you surrendered all to him? Sing that chorus again. Sing the chorus one more time. Sing the chorus with us. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender Let's give the Lord praise and glory. Come on, give him praise and glory. How many of y'all are glad God will talk to you? All right. Well, let's pray. This is where we're going to, we give in our tithes and our offerings and our worship to him. And I want to thank him and praise him for what he's doing today. All right. Father, thank you. Come on up, Jeff. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. I'm so glad you provide for us, Lord, so that we can give and show our appreciation to you. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll bless today. I pray that you'll bless the gift as well as the giver. Lord, I pray that you'll use it for your glory in such a way that we can spread the gospel to every creature. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.